What up? Hey. Welcome to the Oasis Podcast. We are back for another episode. And we're kicking it off in an intimate way. Ooh, we're going to ask. I don't like that. No, you gotta, no you gotta, <laughs> if you're going to do it, you're going to go. We're kicking it off in an intimate way. Welcome, Welcome to the Oasis Podcast. <laughs> I hate that. No, yeah. Sorry, everybody. If you're wearing headphones, it gets worse, yeah, too. Yeah. It's like we're all up in Or like ear. the AirPods where it's like oh, yeah. in your ear. It's like when yeah. you go to the movies and it's, it's a like noise cancellation. all around. Yes. <laughs> yes, dude. I feel Makes that. Makes me uncomfortable every time. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like nice because you're like... It does feel like it's all around me. Yeah, which I like that, but the, that her voice just makes me cringe. Nice. It's like what? I don't, I don't need to feel like someone's just sitting behind me over my shoulder, whispering <laughs> in my ear. Uh, what's your uh, question here? <laughs> right. So, what is the defining characteristic when it comes to a relationship that like makes somebody a friend? Why don't you go? Um, so, for me, I have this tendency to be quiet. And shy around people that like I'm not fully comfortable with. Intimate. Uh huh. Uh. (laughs) But like once I like get comfortable with somebody and like I trust them as my friend, like I will speak their ear off and I will tell them everything. And it, I turn from like this very quiet person who says nothing to someone who doesn't stop talking. Mm. That's good. For me, I, I have always known the moment I can consider someone a friend is when I can text them on a Friday night. About just anything? About like hanging out. Oh, okay. Mm. Right? There's like a bunch of people where like, yeah, we're acquaintances, but I would never detect, I would never probably text you to text hang out on a Friday. Hmm. Right? All right. But once I feel comfortable enough to be like, hey, you want to play board games? Or like, hey, you want to come over and play ping pong? Like, that's the level for me where it's like, yeah, we're friends now. Mm. Mm. All right. It's pretty okay. good. There you go. Interesting. I still didn't come up with one in the matter of time. <laughs> um, I would agree with Dylan. Dylan, I think there's like that moment when you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm comfortable enough to be stupid around you. Yeah. Or I also like, I feel like if I can shoot the breeze, like if we can like mess around with each other and oh, tease yeah. each other, then I'm like, okay, now we're friends. Because like I've even seen it like with both of you coming in like just as somebody from Oasis and getting to like be on staff and like getting to grow with friends as you guys. It's like, now I don't just know you as like, <laughs> The people from Oasis, like you guys, are actually my friends, and like we talk oh, yeah. about mm-hmm. dumb stuff and send stupid Snapchats and stuff like that. True. That we do. That is true. But <laughs> all right, today we are talking about intimacy with God, um, and just what it looks like to um, have an intimate relationship with God. And this is, a, I feel like, something I always hear people are wanting, desiring. People always say, like, I just want to grow closer to God. I want God to be a greater part of my life. Um, and I think this is really something that our generation desires is like deep, true, authentic, real relationships. Um, and but, but sometimes with our generation, we ask for things and we're not entirely sure what we're asking for. Mm-hmm. And so we can mm-hmm. do this with this also that, you know, we want the, the nice things, but we don't want the hard work, that we want the deep relationships, but we don't want to have, uh, we don't want to have to put ourselves out there. Like we don't want right. to risk rejection or awkwardness. Um, and we're not willing to put in the work to get the things that we want. We want things to come easy. And, and so we must understand when we enter into this conversation that this is hard. This takes work. Relationships are hard. We just spent four weeks talking about relationships and how difficult they can be. Um, but just having this desire is awesome. Like, walking in and saying, I want to have a better relationship with God shows a spiritual maturity Mm. um, and and an understanding of faith that this is something that you want to grow in. Um, 
And so we're going to talk about two things today um, of just what are some practices that can help us spend time with God, um, growing that relationship with him. And then how can we involve God in our more of our everyday life? And how can we bring him into the things that we go about every single day? Yeah. And, and to start, really, when you're looking at your relationship with God, it was perfect mm-hmm. in Genesis, really, when you look yeah. at it. And then sin happened, and sin has marred and changed and hurt every single person's relationship with God. From the person who is spiritually mature, has walked with Jesus for a long time, sin still plays a role in their relationship with God as they try to overcome sin and pursue the Father. To the person who is super far away from God, who is agnostic, atheist, who has no desire to know God, like that that sin playing a role in their life that wasn't meant to. So we have to look first here at the role that sin does play mm-hmm. in every single person's life because as people say, I want to be closer to God, I want to grow in a deeper relationship with God, one of the first hurdles they have to overcome is all of the stumbling blocks that are in their way mm-hmm. that could be labeled as sin. Like, And you can label whatever, put it all out there. But I think even some of them are is like playing off the thing you just said. James 4.17 says, if anyone knows that the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, that is even sin for them. Mm-hmm. So when Gen Z asks this question and says, hey, how do I get closer to God? But they know the, re- the way they'll get closer to God is through some of the things we're going to talk about, but they're unwilling to do those things, mm-hmm. then that becomes sin too. Mm-hmm. So even sin plays its way in there. So it's like, I know to be more intimate in my relationship with God, I have to consistently go to church but you only show up to church once every four weeks. Yeah. Like that's sin in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Or to like, hey, I know intimacy with God comes through prayer, but I- I'm not, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to consistently pray. I'm, I'm lazy, whatever the answer is for you. And you don't pray again, that can be sin. So there's the first place. That's kind of where yeah. I'd start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just walking through a little bit of scripture in this, um, Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, Romans 5.5 says that God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Um, And 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, The Holy Spirit, or no, so because we have put our faith in Jesus, we have been given the Holy Spirit and he dwells within us. And so we have this hope that when we get to heaven, we'll get to know and experience the fullness of relationship with God, just like what we see in Genesis, where Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day in the garden. Um, and it won't be a relationship which is scarred by sin, which is like the one that we know here. Yeah, and so there's the balance, right? Mm-hmm. Is It's the fact that we we can't have the, the perfect relationship we were meant for, yeah. not on this side of heaven, but we can have relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like we can still walk in relationship. Then it becomes how do we overcome sin and live in righteousness, right? Standing before God. How do we trust in the work of the cross by faith? How do we live partner with the Holy Spirit so we can get as close to perfect, as close and as intimate to the Father as we possibly can? Because mm-hmm. that is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe that starts with uh, dealing with the sin that exists in your life. Um, we hear or we receive this lie a lot of times uh, that people will think that, you know, I've just committed sin. So God is far away or he's angry at me or he's mad with me. Um, and there's a couple of things in this that are lies. I mean, the first is that we go back to um, the scripture that we've just read. God's spirit lives within you. He's not left you even when you've sinned. Um, and if we look at Romans 8, 
38 through 39. It says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so recognizing that that there is nothing that can separate you from God or remove his presence from you, um, but then be willing to to do the work, to come back to him, uh, to confess your sin, to, to do some of the things that we'll continue to talk through. Mm-hmm. Um, but to know that God is still near and your sin doesn't have to be the barrier that keeps you from taking the step towards him. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, secondly, um, just like Roman 8 says, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Our God is a God of love. And so when you sin, he's not mad at you. He loves you and he desires his best for you. That when we look at like what sin is and what sin isn't, um, in the Old Testament, if you go back to uh, Leviticus, where you see the 613 Levitical laws, um, you can take it at a legalistic standpoint and say, oh, like this is God just trying to stuff my joy, like not let me live the life that I want to live. When in reality, God has set these um, laws in the Old Testament to work into his design that as he's created um, all of creation as he's created as us, um, he's done it knowing exactly how everything works. I mean, if you create something, you know how it's going to work. And so he's outlined this in, in the law to guide us in the grain in which he's created us, that there's a certain givenness um, to the way that things work. Um, and so the, the law is the greatest outline to look to see and to live into the givenness that God has created us, created us into, mm-hmm. that God desires um, his best for us, we should desire his best for us as well. And we can do that by living into his ways, living into the way in which he's created us to live. Yeah, that's good. And then the third part would be Romans 8, one says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when you sin, if you are in Christ, there is no condemnation. Condemnation is this to be condemned to hell, to say that you are cast off, the same thing that we just, we keep coming back to you, that you don't have to get trapped in guilt or shame, get locked into this place where you feel like you are too far from the Father or he has turned his back on you. There is no condemnation in Christ. You are forgiven if you repent of your sin and confess and come to Jesus and ask him to, to heal you of that. Yet I also think there's something important here as we circle back around, that even though there is no condemnation, there are consequences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if we can't just like Romans 6 says, keep on sinning so that grace may abound. Mm -hmm. We are people who have died to sin. So we must not live in that any longer, but instead continually try to live in the grace of Jesus. So for example, the one that came to my head is I read a statistic last week um, from one of the books and it told me that 75% of couples who cohabitate don't stay together in the long term. Mm -hmm. And I I was just sitting there thinking, yeah, that makes sense, right? That's a consequence of the sin that people are living in. Mm -hmm. The 75% of couples who decide that they want to cohabitate will not stay together the rest of their lives. And that just like blows my mind that why would you sign up for something that's three-fourths of the people who do that don't have long-term lasting healthy relationships. But that's the consequence of the sin that God has put a parameter around what it looks like to live in a relationship with purity. Mm-hmm. He has put marriage as the construct in which we are supposed to enter into that type of living Yet when we go outside those boundaries, there's consequences, and those consequences hurt us. And so that might damage your relationship with God. So I just I, th- I think there's a, it's important to add there that even yeah. though there's no condemnation, even though you're not separated, even though he still loves you, even though he's not mad at you, 
there are consequences to the things we do. And some of mm. those consequences might be the lack of intimacy we have with the father. Yeah. And finally, um, if we feel distant from God, um, we must understand that he's not left us, that his spirit is living inside of us. He's not going anywhere. Um, but if we feel distant, there's often a chance where we need to just stop and reflect and see probably where we have walked away. Totally. Um, mm-hmm. That oftentimes when there's a distance, it's something because of our doing, not because of God's doing. That God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he, uh, he always has been. He always will be. And so if, if there's a change in, in that feeling of relationship, there's something probably that we have done where there needs to be a moment of reflection, uh, of prayer, uh, of repentance if there's sin, um, whatever it may be. And so don't say, oh, I think God's far away from me because he's not. He's still the same at your mountaintops and in your dark valleys. He's still Mm -hmm. the same closeness that he was. Um, And so if there's ever distance, it's probably because of something we did. And that's something that's hard to swallow, Mm -hmm. um, but it's the reality. And I'm blown away by the two stories that I'm thinking of in the scripture. The prodigal son, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. He comes to the father, demands half of his inheritance, then leaves and the father lets him. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. that's that's ridiculous. Right, he doesn't yeah. chase after him. He doesn't say no. He doesn't like put an extra. Like he lets him leave. He lets him walk mm-hmm. away. Then the other story I think of is the rich young ruler mm-hmm. who comes and he is trying to figure out relationship with Jesus. He's trying to figure out how to live in the kingdom of God, but Jesus puts this extra demand on him that says, "Sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and then come follow me." And he lets the rich young ruler leave after that yeah he walks away sad and disheartened because he owned much stuff and like that just blows my mind in both of those instances yes god will chase down the 99 or chase down the one when they've lost the 99 he is the shepherd who cares for the lost sheep like Mm -hmm. all of those things are true yet in our own brokenness and our own freedom we can walk away yeah and he will Mm -hmm. let us do that and that blows my mind but i think it is truer love than to to rope us in Mm -hmm. yeah so true. Super good. So let's just hop into what are some general practices. If someone's like, I want to grow, grow closer in relationship to, with God, what are some things that they could enter into? Yeah, the first of these is to pray. Um, this is super essential to our faith. It's essential to any relationship that you have that you talk to that person. Um, and we have access to God at all times and all places, um, which is super awesome because you don't get that with everybody. It's not like you can just instantly start talking to someone, but God is always there and present with you. And so you can speak to him at any point of the day, anytime. Um, there's no barrier on that. Um, and so if you want to know God better, if you want to have a more intimate relationship with him, you have to ask for it in prayer. Um, Luke 11, 9 through 11 says, So I say to ask, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So to grow in your relationship with God, you have to spend time with him. You have to talk to him in the same way that you would friends. You have to get to know him. Um, and that starts with prayer, with talking to him, um, with finding out more about who he is. Um, and so take that time, be intentional with your prayer, um, whatever that may look like. There's so many different ways that you can go about doing that. Um, but figure out what works with you. Try some different things. Do you, do you need to have to have set aside time? Do you need to have reminders on your phone? Like what are little things that you need to do to help you to make this more a priority? Oh yeah. Communication is the bedrock of every relationship. 
including mm-hmm. the relationship you're trying to cultivate with your heavenly father. Yeah. Um, second one to go right off of prayer is listening that there's a talking, um, and, and a giving of speech to God, but there also needs to be a receiving. Um, and this can often get forgotten that a lot of us, what we come to know of prayer is that it's just giving requests to God saying, God, I want you to do this. Um, we, it's the, the treating of God of, as a genie and just like, here's my wishes, please grant them. Um, when in fact it's more of just the conversation that there needs to be conversation. Like you can just tell God about your day, but also there's, uh, extreme benefit in letting God talk because he has a voice too. He wants to speak. Um, and so, uh, John 10, 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Um, and so this is, this is Jesus here speaking. Um, and he says, my sheep know my voice. And so there's intention in that of by sitting and listening, you start to understand their voice. Like, you know, your friends on the other side of the phone because you know what they sound like. Um, and so as we come to God in prayer, we know his voice. We come to learn, um, to, to listen to his voice, um, and we can understand them. And so if, we're the ones talking the entire time. We don't give space um, for the other person to speak. Um, or if we don't take time to sit and actually listen to someone, um, whether that being in a relationship with another human or in relationship with God, um, we can't grow in that relationship. Mm-hmm. If I just come up to Brennan every single time and I just talk his ear off, and then as soon as I'm done talking, I leave and don't let him get a word in, that relationship's probably going to suck. Um <laughs> And so it's really important to just sit and, and listen. And God wants to speak something into your life and you have to be willing to sit and listen and receive it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think listening is an even harder form of like prayer because they're yeah. both two sides of the same coin. Like mm-hmm. prayer is a conversation so that has talking and listening. But it's the harder part because one, we're bad at listening with people, mm-hmm. right? Like even when we're sitting face to face, we're not good listeners. We're good hearers, but not good listeners. <laughs> we don't take in information and then form questions based off, like mm-hmm. we just want to regurgitate and keep the conversation going. So then when we move it into our relationship with God, it becomes even more convoluted because the way God speaks is different than sometimes the way people speak. It's not always audible. Yeah. Sometimes for some people it is, but rarely. And so they're not actually hearing. So then they're trying to figure out how do we listen? Mm -hmm. The two stories, again, I'm thinking of are Samuel when he's first becoming a priest Mm -hmm. in 1 Samuel. He gets confused multiple times before he actually figures out through the guidance of his um, elder what it means to hear the voice of God. Like he had to to mess up a couple times before he figured it out. Or Elijah Mm -hmm. at the mouth of the cave, 2 Kings, I think is when it Mm -hmm. where it's at. And he has this Again, not the fire, not the earthquake, not the wind, but the small voice. And there's three times he got it wrong before he gets it right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I loved how you said learn to listen to the voice of mm-hmm. God because one, yes, it is hard. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it is very, very, very hard to learn to listen to God. Here are, there are two Bible examples where they got it wrong, but learning is this practice of coming back, testing it, checking it out, seeing it, getting elders around you, getting people, getting into the quiet space, all of these things where you can start to hear the voice of God. Yeah. And there are a ton, I think this is probably one of the most asked questions in Christian faith is like, how do I hear the voice of God? Mm. And I I can guarantee there's tons of tons of podcasts, resources, sermons. Have we done a podcast on it? Yeah, we did on the voice of God once. Um, So yeah, go check out those resources. There's plenty of them. It's a great opportunity because it is hard to Mm -hmm. 
understand what the voice of God is. Yeah. But it also, not only does it take listening to podcasts and reading articles and stuff, like it actually takes practice. Yeah. It's good. So you have to go do it. Super good. Yeah, the next one we would say is just confession of sin. We've come back to this idea a couple of times, but there there can be barriers in your life that are sin. Mm-hmm. And if you're recognizing that there is sin in your life that is barring you from intimacy with the Father, confess it. Yeah. Like 1 John 1, 9 tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse, of, cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That he wants to forgive you. He wants to cleanse you, but you got to bring it to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even beyond just bringing it to him, James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. That you might need to confess your sin to a brother or sister in Christ so that they can pray for you and that you can experience healing Mm -hmm. and restoration in relationship. That you're sinning against other people, but every time you sin, you go against God's design, and so you sin against him. So again, the gap is increasing when we live in sin. So we want to close that gap. Confession, repentance. But even then, like, we don't want to just live react reactively mm-hmm. to our lives like yeah. oh i sinned okay yeah. repent sin repent mm-hmm. sin we want to get to this place where we're proactively living in righteousness desiring the good things and not just avoiding the bad things yep. i think that's a switch that you'll see in people as they take steps of maturity in in mm-hmm. faith that when they come to jesus all they see is all the bad things they're doing and yep. they try to get rid of the bad which is great you know like you you have to get rid of those things but there's this flip where it becomes i'm not just not trying to drink i'm trying to be selfless Mm -hmm. right i'm trying to be humble i'm Mm -hmm. not just avoiding pride i'm trying to be loving there's Mm -hmm. this flip where it becomes how do we walk in obedience john 14 21 will say whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me the one who loves me will be loved by my father and i too will love them and show myself to them when we're talking about relationship and intimacy the heart of that is love Mm -hmm. if you love god you will live in his commands you will do what he's asked of you you will will go and i just i'm thinking about marriage and what it, or any relationship, right? Like, imagine if my wife asked me to do things and I just never did, right? Them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, will you take out the trash? And I'm like, nah, nah I'm good. Like, will, will you unload the dishwasher? Ah, pass. Right? <laughs> yeah. Will you make the bed? Ah, you can do that, right? Like, if I just kept, like, mm-hmm. if I never did anything she asked, that would obviously be a very blatant form of dis not love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the same is true with the father. If he has these commands he's placed, in order for your good, you know, James tells mm-hmm. us it's the perfect law that gives freedom, yeah. not restricts. It gives freedom when we live inside God's boundaries. How do we consistently try to be obedient so that we can close the gap and, and love him and, and find that intimacy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there one more? Yeah. Uh, two more. Okay. Gather with a group of believers. Um, our faith was never meant to be done alone. We were created to be in relationship with God and with other people. And so when we we gather with other believers in, in worship through church on Sunday or Oasis on Sunday night or your small group throughout the week, or even just friendships that you can have Christ-centered conversations with, mm-hmm. uh, you can enter into those moments, enter into the presence of God with confidence that he is there and that he um, will speak. Um, and he very well might speak to you through other people or mm-hmm. through the worship that you're part of through the scripture that you read through the prayers that are prayed. Um, because Matthew 18, 20 tells us that where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is with us. And so spending time with God's people can also be a way of drawing closer to God as you, um, speak with them as God speaks through them. Um, they can even sometimes bring insight into what God is doing in your life or how he's moving in their life that can be impactful for you as well and so that's another way it it feels weird to draw close to god through other people but 
he does it, it in communally as well. That's mm-hmm. good. Is the last one faith feeling stuff? Is that what you want us to go for? Kind of, yeah. Girls, kind of with what you were just talking about mm-hmm. of obedience. Mm-hmm. And so working along the, the exact same thing, John 14, 23, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and they will come to me and we will make their our home with them. And living in disobedience um, doesn't lead to growth in relationship. It harms it. Um, and if we desire to be close to God, living into his ways and in his design helps us grow closer with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and James 4, 7 through 8 says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee to you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Um, and so this is where we, we come to um, re- the place where we have to resist feelings over faith, that we are a very feelings-driven culture, generation. Um, and so we think, oh, if I go into worship and I'm not like bawling my eyes out during worship or like I don't get the Holy Ghost bumps during a sermon or whatever, then it's like, oh, God's not there. When that is not at all true, um, that true obedience and great relationship isn't just all the feel-good moments and only happens when they're, fe- they're feel-good moments. Those are great. Um, but true great relationship happens when there's continued obedience over time, when there's um, a sticking out of um, the hard times and the good times. Um, a great relationship is one that's marked by someone who doesn't leave in the hard times, who's sitting there with you to to mourn and weep with you. Um, for someone who's there in the good times to rejoice um, and give praise to God with you. Um, and so we have to try to not let those feelings um, guide us, but just inform us. Um, I say, yeah, worship was great. I got to experience God in it through my feelings and that was great. But even if like I don't experience that, God is still there. He's still present. He's still working. Yeah. And I keep coming back to the marriage idea just because there are two covenants that we live in as people. We have our covenant with our heavenly father. Covenant is a fancy word for promise. This mm-hmm. this relationship, this contract, contract that we live in. And then as people, we can live in the covenant of marriage, this promise you've made to another person for the rest of your life. And the relationship of marriage is meant to foreshadow and symbolize what it means to live in relationship with God. Yeah. There, there's a beauty in that. So again, it comes back to when we're trying to cultivate intimacy, intimacy and in marriage might be, yes, it might be sex, you know, or it could just be the deep conversation that you're having. But those moments of intimacy are fueled by the 98% of your life that is the consistent feeding into those moments. You know, mm-hmm. it's the daily text check-in. It's the the conversation you have. It's the hug on the way out the door. It's the um, doing the, the, the small chore. It's all of these little things that actually build into those moments of deep intimacy. Mm-hmm. So I don't want people to hear feelings aren't important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? If you come to worship and you're like overwhelmed by the presence of God and you're crying in the pew and your uh, uh, hands are in the air and you're having that spiritual moment, like praise God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, it, what? How great is his kindness that he would give us that as physical mm-hmm. people, that he would give us emotions that help us connect with him. But if none of that happens, maybe that is one of the little moments building into something that God wants to do bigger yeah. in your life. That's just one of the things mm-hmm. I hear when people ask this question is that I want a deeper relationship with God. One of the things I will turn around and ask them again is, okay, what do you think that looks like? Mm-hmm. What do you think a deeper relationship with God looks like? And a lot of times people say, well, like, I think I'd be able to get more out of the sermon or like I'd be able to experience him in his word more. or I think mm-hmm. I'd like enjoy prayer. 
And all of those things are feelings-based. And God has not asked us to relate to him by feelings, but by faith. Mm -hmm. Hebrews 11.1 tells us faith is things that we do not see. It's, it's It's hope in what we believe to be true. So even in those moments, if we related by faith, it's by faith I'm going to pull extra out of this sermon. By faith, I'm coming to the Word. Mm-hmm. By faith, I'm going to come to prayer and push. And, and so that's what I hope people's answer is here, that a deeper relationship, more intimate with God, is one that has truer, deeper, more honest, more real faith, not one that experiences more feelings on a more consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That's super good. Big nope. tangent. And that leads straight into our next point of just the second part of how do we experience God just throughout our day that as we desire to have a deeper and more intimate relationship with God, we have to bring him in to all parts of our day. He doesn't just ask for our five minutes of our devotional in the morning or, you know, the, the 10 minutes of prayer before bed. Um, he asks to be a part of every part of your day, every living breath, every living second of your day. He wants to be a part of, and he wants to do something. Um, and so we can fall into that trap of putting God in a box and saying, oh, God can only move. God can only speak when I'm doing my morning Devo, when I'm in my couple minutes of prayer every day. But in reality, when God desires to be a part of every part of your day, um, he can move in, in the mundane. He can move in the, the parts of your day where it's least expected. Um, so like, you could be at work and God could move. He could speak to you. You could be in class and you could be experiencing and living in relationship with God. Um, you could be in the checkout line at Walmart and God could speak something profound to you. Um, or even while you're just sitting on the couch at home, like just being super lazy, like God could still be wanting to work and move in that way. Um, and so we have to let God out of the box that we put him in of he can only move in these parts of the day. It's beautiful. Richard Foster has a quote where he talks about hearing the voice of God. And he says that uh, if I can hear God in the kitchen, then I know I'll hear him in the in the worship service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That if I can learn to cultivate this intimacy that will hear God in all of these different places, if I will experience God at the grocery store, I know he will meet me in the worship center. Yeah. If mm-hmm. I can experience God in my living room, then I know he will meet me in the chapel. If I can meet him... like. If we can learn to live with God in the ordinary, when we're in those extraordinary moments where the the spiritual fervor is heightened, where mm-hmm. we're expectant and hungry, we're living in this holy like expectancy, then those places will only ex- will only experience it more if we yeah. can learn mm-hmm. to do it in the the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super good. So we just have to be attentive um, in the ways that we go about life, um, and it's just uh, I think one really, really good practice is just to live in continual prayer. Um, First Thessalonians 5, 17. Yeah, 15, 16, yeah. 17. Short, couple um, shortest verses in the Bible. It says, pray continually. Mm-hmm. So as you go about your day, while you're walking through Walmart, what does it look like to pray continually? As you're sitting on the couch, what does it look like to pray continually? As you're making dinner, what does it look like to pray continually? And, and in those moments, let God speak. Let that relationship with God grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and just listen for him. He can speak. He can do all things. He can do a measurable bit more than we could ever ask or imagine. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. So, um, lastly, what are a few other things that we can do as we go about our day um, just to engage a grown relationship with God? I think thinking about him. Yeah. Right. Even if it's not this formal set-aside time of prayer, thinking about him and looking for him and expecting mm-hmm. him. You know, some of the times where I feel most... Dis- so... <laughs> I'm big into audiobooks. 
big, 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 big audiobook guy. You know, if you need to add me on Goodreads, you can see I'm, I'm cranking out audios. This last Friday, I ha- we have Fridays off typically at the church. Mm-hmm. It's like our Saturday because we work on Sundays. You don't care. But I was, <laughs> I had all Friday. I had nothing to do. So I added this 12-hour audiobook. And I found myself all day long when I was doing dishes, when I was eating a meal, when I was doing chores, when I was driving around, when I went to the gym. Like I was listening to this audiobook. And I got to the end of the day, I was like, oh, my soul just feels crappy, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I I just felt so, like, soul depleted. And I had all day off. Like, I didn't work. I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. I just did a bunch of stuff that I really enjoyed. But in those moments, I was constantly feeding myself, and I was thinking about this book. And I never gave any thought to God. I didn't, Mm -hmm. when I was at the gym, I wasn't really thinking, what what could God be doing in this place? Mm -hmm. When I was doing chores, I wasn't praying over the home that I'm living in. When I was... um, Doing, doing all the different things, right? When I was driving around, I wasn't praying for our community. I wasn't praying for my family. I wasn't praying for my friends. So my mind was absent. I was thinking about this silly, it was like almost a mystery novel that I was listening to mm. instead of cultivating my thoughts on God. And that distanced me from him, mm. right? I, yeah. I, I just, that was my experience on Friday. Yeah. And I just, it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. The book was good. Mm-hmm. It was, It was a good book. Yeah. But yet, something that was good consumed so much of me for a period. I think I did nine of the 12 hours. I do, well, don't trip. I do it on like yeah. double speed. Oh. So it was really only like four and a half or something. But <laughs> like something that was good distracted me from the thing yeah. that was great. Yeah. And I felt that in my relationship with my Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe it looks like when you're doing those mundane things, you put yourself in a place to hear his voice whether that's your listening to worship music or you Mm -hmm. your the bible app is reading to you you know some of those things or you look up like a guided prayer on youtube Mm -hmm. as you're driving around town or something well and i've even i've experienced it in the opposite way like instead of being distracted the times that i felt most relationally connected to my father like heavenly father is when i get in the car and instead of turning on a book Mm -hmm. or listening to music or hitting another podcast i pray yeah yeah or I'm doing uh, some chores around the house, and every time I walk into a new room, I just say a couple couple minutes of prayer over that room and what happens there. I pray over our bedroom that we would rest well there, that we would be able to connect as a couple there. Like I pray over our living room and what it looks like for us to invite people over. Like mm-hmm. those little moments where it's like, okay, yes, I'm vacuuming, but there's something that's a spiritual lining to that that is connecting me to the Father even in the midst of the mundane. Yeah, that's good. Praying too. for the grocery clerk, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Praying for the people at the restaurant you're eating at those little moments where you put your attention on the kingdom mm-hmm. instead of your own self. Yeah. 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 Uh, yesterday we did, I speak Jesus Sunday morning and I'm a sucker for music. I'm, I've always been a musical thing. Don't have a musical bone in my body, but I love music. Um, and I've had, I speak Jesus stuck in my head mm. for over 24 hours now. And it is like absolutely raging in my head. Um, <laughs> Raging. <laughs> Worship song rage. Yeah. Let's go. I'm just um, picturing like flashing lights. Oh, the yeah. SpongeBob Bob. episode. <laughs> I really want SpongeBob. I know. Um, it's fortunate. But it's like, I've had that stuck in my head. And so that's been on repeat of just, I speak Jesus. And so, what better way than have a song stuck in your head that is mm-hmm. leading you to think more about Jesus? Mm-hmm. And so, like, speaking Jesus over depression, over your family, over mm-hmm. relationships. And so that's just a, it's been the constant reminder in my head and it's led me to like think yeah. more on those things, to pray for that, to pray for my family, to pray for my friends, to pray for Oasis, to pray for mm-hmm. our church, to pray um, 
for anything I see. Um, and so that's, that's just been a huge, huge thing. Anytime I get a worship song stuck in my head, uh, it's always incredibly helpful. That's good. Yeah. Well, let me pray for the people and then we'll close out. Let's right. Father, thank you for the chance to look at your word and see what you say about intimacy with you. And I pray every single person listening, including the three of us at this table, would grow in intimacy in our relationship with you, that we would put in the hard work of relationship, whether that's prayer or listening, obedience, confession, repentance, whatever it is, God, that we would come to you seeking more of you, wanting to experience you more, but we would every single day have our focus on your kingdom and what you're doing. Lead us by your spirit. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Peace out. See ya. Bye.